Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. And we've been talking about the Ten Commandments and the Two Commandments, and are they still relevant today? I think they are, and I think they're important for everyone, sinners and Christians. As a matter of fact, God spoke to Moses on the mountain of Sinai in Exodus twenty-four twelve, and the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. What did he want Moses to do? To teach them. They're important. We've been talking about viewing the Ten Commandments from a view of grace instead of law. Instead of a thou shalt not to a you will not. Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 7 verse 12, Therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. And Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.8, But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. The power of sin has been broken, and Romans 6.6 6 says we're no longer slaves to its prison. Although we still have the ability to sin, we're no longer a slave to its nature, and we're free to choose. Like I previously said, even though we're free, we can still commit lying, stealing, adultery, and so on. This is not good advice, however. Crossing these boundaries still have consequences. The boundaries are there to keep us safe. It is wisdom to drive our vehicle in the middle of the lane. The roadway lines are there for our benefit. It is life to respect the boundaries. Is this not why we all have to be educated how to drive before we get our license? Remember, God told Moses to teach the Ten Commandments. We studied the first commandment being, Do not worship any other gods besides me. And the second commandment, being do not make, worship, or bow down to idols of any kind. And we also discussed the third one, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Well, we hear that a lot today, don't we? Today we're going to begin on the fourth commandment, being remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible says, the Sabbath is to be a holy day set aside to God. The Hebrew word means to desist. One who's in a covenantal position with God is to stop the everyday activities of life and honor God with rest every seventh day. God had set the pattern in creation, six days he worked, and on the seventh day he rested. You see, the Sabbath is a day set aside to worship God, to bring our tithes and offerings to him, to hear the declaration of his word, and to serve him. Some people observe the Sabbath on Saturday as Jews do, and some observe it on Sunday as Christians do. And some believe we observe it every day in worship to God. However we observe or celebrate the Sabbath, we must understand one important principle. 
God worked six days and rested on the seventh. God knows us very well. He created us. If God himself rested and we're created in his image, then we should rest too. All throughout the Old and New Testament, we see the gathering of his people in the temple and in homes. Gathering in the temple or church for worship is very important too. Like rest, hearing the teaching of the word and worshiping God as his body is tantamount to our spiritual health. Remember, God's got a better way. Some have been offended or hurt in relationships in church. Yes, the gathering of the saints can be trying at times, but God wants us there. Rather than seeing it as a difficulty too frustrating to deal with, we need to see it as an opportunity to grow in our faith and become true disciples for Christ. Do we believe and trust God? Do we believe God knows best when he says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy and do not forsake the assemblings of ourselves together as it says in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let me read it to you. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, if the Ten Commandments are not relevant today, which ones? All ten or just a few? Yes, I believe it's important to worship God every day. However, God says the Sabbath is a day, and that day is a holy day of rest. The King James Version Bible Commentary says concerning the commandments written in Exodus 8 through 11, Far from being the most important, as insisted upon by some sects, the fourth commandment is the only commandment not to be repeated for Christians to observe in the New Testament. The dispensation of the law ended with Christ's death on the cross, in which he took away such requirements as holy days, new moon observances, and the Sabbath day restrictions, that's quoting Colossians 2, 14-17. Even though believers now normally worship on Sunday, according to the new pattern of the dispensation of grace, quoting 1 Corinthians 16, 2 and Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it is best not to work without an interval of rest as God's original pattern shows. The six days of creation here referred to were literal solar days. Let me read you Exodus 28 through 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And concerning this, the Bible Knowledge Commentary says, A day of solemn worship of God should be kept weekly. Keeping the Sabbath day holy means to separate it, the seventh day from the other six as a special day to the Lord. People are to work in six days and worship on the seventh. This contrasted with the Israelites' slavery in Egypt when, presumably, they had no break in their daily routine. The basis for this commandment is God's creating the universe in six days and resting on the seventh. And that's out of Genesis chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 16. This was not to be a day of slothful inactivity, but of spiritual service through religious observances. For the violation of this command, God imposed on Israel the death penalty out of Exodus 31 and Numbers 15. In the present church age, the day of worship has been changed from Saturday to Sunday because of Jesus' resurrection on the first day of the week. This is not to be legalistic, but just consider the wisdom alone. In today's society, we have made capitalism a 24-7 and seven endeavor. 
Most of us call it the rat race. Open businesses, people required to work, kids' sports programs, the list goes on and on. Do we take at least one day a week to rest, be with the family, worship God together, and talk about his word? Listen, God knows what he's talking about. He's not trying to hurt us. He wants us to be healthy, happy, and successful. Observing the Sabbath is simply supernatural wisdom from the mountain. Remember Exodus twenty four twelve. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. We've discussed the first four commandments, the four that speak of our relationship with God. Jesus, when asked by the lawyers what the most important commandment from the law was, quoted Isaiah 6, 5. Matthew twenty two thirty five through 38 says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The first and great commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind. And Luke, in chapter 10, verse 27, adds the word strength. Now we have all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In my view, that's just about everything. The King James Version Bible Commentary says, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. The multiplicity of words emphasizes the thoroughness and fervency that our love for God should embrace. The Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible says the word mind is a two-part Greek word meaning a thinking through. The word suggests understanding, insight, Meditation, reflection, perception, the gift of apprehension, the faculty of thought. It says when this faculty is renewed by the Holy Spirit, the whole mindset changes from the fearful negativism of the carnal mind to the vibrant, positive thinking of the quickened spiritual mind. I like that. The word quickened means to restore life. And when we love God with all our mind, our mindset changes from negative fear to positive life. And then the Bible Knowledge Commentary says about the command, Love the Lord your God, that it calls for a volitional commitment to God that is personal, comprehensive, and wholehearted. The words volitional commitment means a choice or decision made by your will. What is loving God with all our being? Jesus made an interesting declaration concerning love when he compared two masters, worry versus faith, hate versus love, loyalty versus despising, and serving God versus worldly wealth and riches. Before we read the story, a few definitions will help. The word mammon literally means wealth and riches with a strongly negative connotation, worldly wealth and riches. And the word serve means to be a slave, serve and do service, to obey, submit to, and then in a good sense, to yield obedience. Now let's listen to what's said in Matthew six twenty four through 34. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It continues, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 
And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This entire passage is about loving and trusting God. In simple terms, to love God would mean faith instead of worry, love instead of hate, loyalty instead of despising, and serving or trusting in God instead of worldly wealth and riches. In even clearer words, if we love worry, we hate God. If we serve worldly wealth and riches, we're not serving God. And if we're loyal to one, we're despising the other. Well, we're all out of time again, so I look forward to being with you tomorrow in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution and end-time message for His generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.